Paz IM Radio with your co-hosts Robert Brining and Aaron Laxton. We go around the world and across the United States. Join in the conversation by calling in to 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. This week, we have your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause I Am Radio. I hope you're ready for season two because it starts now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining, joined by my fabulous co-host and studying hard over there in St. Louis, Aaron Laxton. Aaron, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Yeah, it was definitely finals week across America. So you've been you've been nose first in the books all weekend, from what I heard earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had one final uh, already, and then I, I wrap up two more classes this week. Uh, and so across, most universities um, this week and next week will be finals week. So, uh, you know, it all comes down to these last uh, couple exams. Well, that's exciting. Well, good luck with everything. I'm sure you'll do well, as you usually do. You're, you're a smart you. man. Yeah. Well, I don't know about all that. I mean, but you can keep going with all the compliments. I like that. <laughs> Oh, lordy, lordy. So, um, you know, it's been two weeks since Healthy Voices. How are you, you feeling? Still have the charge left? Uh, you know, I do. I've been uh, uh, focusing a lot since I came home. Uh, we were kind of talking before we came on air that, um, you know, I've been kind of experimenting with some different video types. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, I've also been looking at a lot of analytics and, and, and kind of seeing what works. The having YouTube at the Healthy Voices is just, I, I can't go on and on uh, enough about that. But, um, you know, to really kind of challenge me to up my video game um, a little bit. So, yeah, it was, I, 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 I'll be glad when we get outside of this school period where I can devote a little bit more time uh, to it. Yeah, definitely after watching uh, Josh's presentation on how to make a good video, it definitely, uh, you know, lit the, the match underneath our asses, so to speak, to to kind of get more involved in doing that. I know you've done it before. I mean, you've had a YouTube since the day, what, the day after you were diagnosed? Uh, yeah, it started four days after. And, uh, you know, over the years, I've made a lot of different videos. Um, and, and so uh, my videos over the years have been less about me and more about, like, social justice issues. So... Uh, you know, it's kind of been a struggle to, because you just get to a point where you don't feel like people are, you know, you're de- that interested. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of just figuring out. I, I put out some videos this week, uh, just school-related stuff, and those have gotten um, some good responses. And then uh, I put out a video this week about Jimmy Kimmel 
Um, you know, because as you know, healthcare, we all got screwed this this week. Um, and so everybody's been taking the social media, including you. I saw that you had posted a picture about pre-existing conditions. Um, and so that's what a lot of my content has been about here recently. Yeah, I saw that. It's kind of um, been disturbing. A lot of people, actually, I saw yours first online, and it was, you know, the one with the, I guess, the images in the middle that says that you're a pre-existing condition, and then you have all different photos around you. And I was looking for that and how, figured out how you did that, if you made it yourself or if it was something that was kind of like a frame that you added your photos to. And then I saw that, you know, Facebook is changing things so drastically all the time that now they have these frames that you can add to your photos, and you can temporarily add them. You know what I mean? So I just added one of the ones that was there and made it. It was a lot easier to do that, but um, it was good. I saw it actually at Flood on Facebook. People just started changing their photos, you know what I mean, and doing doing it. So it was, it, it's good. It, I like that idea of the frames. That's kind of a smart thing for Facebook. But, you know, yeah, I've I had, I wanted to first throw out your YouTube URL so people can find you because since you're going to be more, you know, uh, I guess, um, more active over there, you know, I want to send people over there to check you out because you're, are you now releasing one every Thursday? Is that what I read? Yeah, so now every Thursday a new video is coming out. Um, I just had one that came out. Um, what was it about? Oh, it was about the pre-existing conditions. Um, and then I have some really cool ones coming up about nutrition. I've had some, you know, YouTube viewers kind of ask me about nutrition and a lot of HIV-specific questions. You know, people want to know about their diet and things like that. So, yeah, every Thursday people can go over there and check it out YouTube, and it's the same as it is across social media. It's just Aaron Laxton. So youtube.com forward slash Aaron Laxton. Yeah, I had a, you know, Pause Am had a YouTube for a while, and I did some videos, but I wasn't really, you know, I just, I always had that, like, I felt like somebody else is already doing this, so why am I doing it? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like, Aaron has already conquered this, and, you know what I mean, so has Josh Robbins, and, you know, um, Maria's doing videos over there, and, and Mark King, you know what I mean? Like, everybody does videos, like, what what am I going to add that's going to be different? You know what I mean? So that's kind of, I guess, what I'm fighting against, my own demons of, like, why would I even bother putting a video out when there's all these other people who are putting out all this great content? Like, what, what could I possibly add? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we all fall into that trap of thinking that way. And, you know, I do think we need to, we always like look at like how we're doing content, but no one has your story. No one is doing things the way you're doing them. So I think just being really creative and, and that's what I'm trying to figure out right now, as far as YouTube goes um, and figuring out, you know, cause yeah, you know, I've got the YouTube, but then like, you know, Josh, I consider Josh, he does a lot better video content and things like that, but he's doing it in a different way. So I, I think we can all do our own thing. It's very complimentary. And, um, but I would, I would definitely get out there and, and do some videos. You have a great, you have great perspective on everything. You know, I feel like if, um, well, thank you. I feel like if, like if I had more time, like, you know what I mean? If I didn't get up every morning and make bagels and if I could just do this full time, then I think I would be able to push out that kind of content, you know what I mean? But even, like you, you don't do this full-time. Like, you have other jobs and things that you do that, you know, you're going to school for for sakes, you know, and I can't even, you know, and you're still pushing out videos, so I don't know how you find the energy or the time to do it. Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty lucky that, you know, when I make videos, it's because I, that's kind of my outlet. 
And and so, you know, I'll take a little time. And also, as long as I've been doing it, I think I'm up to, you know, 280, 290 videos. So, um, you know, I've been doing it for a while, so it's just a little easier. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely you should try that. You should get out there and do it more. Do some videos. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I know, I know. I'm still supposed to be doing a positive message for for Kevin. <laughs> But I, you know, I was proud of myself. I did go live with uh, Positively D um, at the conference, so that was like me first putting myself out there in a video. So that was kind of cool because it saved on Facebook, and you know, we did kind of many interviews with people who attended the conference, which was kind of fun. Um, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> I will you definitely know, try. So, uh, sorry, say that again. He got cut off. Even if you don't make videos, you're doing enough in other areas. I mean, you know, I, I, again, I think we all do our own little thing and do it in a unique way. So, you know, I'm not trying to do what anybody else is doing, and we're all going to have – we're going to hit homes in different areas, you know. That is true. So I want to send a congratulations to um, our fellow uh, HIV Scoop team member here, Josh Robbins, who was nominated – his blog was nominated for a GLAAD award, um, you know, which is awesome. So kudos to Josh for being, you know, nominated for that. Um, that's cool. You know what I mean? He's he's another guy who's like, you know, so fresh and so has stuff in order and has always something going on and something new coming out, videos or or images and, you know, I just I envy that I, that he 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 can do that. It's crazy. So congratulations, Josh Robbins. Yeah, um, I think I was, a lot of I was excited people, to see that. Yeah, a, a lot of people are not maybe aware that Josh, you know, he puts in a lot of work into his content, um, whether it's videos or imaging or whatever that may look like. And so he is uh he's definitely a force to be to be reckoned with. Definitely is um the man, you know, he does a little bit of everything, and he's and he's he's good at it all. So, and he's funny as hell and cute. So, good for Josh. Congratulations, Josh Robin. So, speaking of Josh, let's get over to this week's HIV scoop with Josh Robin. This is your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusive for Pause I Am Radio. Buzzworthy HIV news in under ninety seconds. Here's Josh Robbins in this week's HIV scoop. Hey guys, how are y'all doing? So, Congress just completed the remainder of the 2017 funding bill for the federal government, missing a government shutdown. Woohoo! But there was a funding cut for the CDC's STD program and Part C of the Ryan White HIV AIDS program. Now, funding was increased for the Housing Opportunity for People with AIDS program, but that Part C deal that got slashed was for early intervention services. I will tell you, it's not great, but it's better than I expected, honestly. All right, Charlie Sheen has credited an experimental anti-HIV drug for helping him ward off borderline dementia, throwing his star power behind the drug in an effort to help get it approved for wider use by the FDA. The name of that drug? Pro 140, an injectable therapy for HIV patients being marketed by a Vancouver, Washington-based biotech company. 
All right, Quest Diagnostics is sponsoring the AIDS Walk New York on Saturday, May 21st in Central Park. Make sure you are there, and don't forget to submit your My HIV Thank You by Napo Pharmaceuticals, all available at HIVThankYou.com. Of course, I am a spokesperson for that campaign, and so I want you to submit so they have a bunch of submissions. Duh! All right, I'm Josh Robbins. This was your HIV Scoop. There you have it. There you go. Thank you, Josh Robbins, for your HIV scoop exclusively for Pause Lion Radio. Uh, you can find more information on the amazing Josh Robbins at OnSchoolJosh.com. So I see we have a caller on the line who wants to come on air. So let's go ahead and bring on area code 407. Who's this? Hey, it's Danny. Hi, Robert. Hi, Aaron. How are you guys? Hey, Danny. Hey, Danny. Happy Sunday. Um, How are you? Happy Sunday to you both. I'm in sweaty, sweaty Orlando, and I'm hating it. But um, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's cold in Philly. Is, is it cold in Philly, Robert? Yeah, we're in the 50s. Yuck. You can have that. <laughs> you can uh, have all that. Um, I don't know. I just called to, to give you guys support. I'm like your best cheerleader, I think. One of them, anyway. And to let you know <laughs> I'm still... You guys, you know, I know y'all are loved by everybody, but you guys are great to me. You, you give me, I look forward to it. I'm like, oh, 2 o'clock, I got to call. got to call my show. So um, <laughs> oh, we love that you do. Well, yeah, you know it's it start it starts with small numbers and works to big numbers, right? One at a time. I can't save all the kittens, but I can save one or two. That's my saying, and I like it. So uh, just let you know, I'm still ready for do my interview. You know, anytime. All right, we're gonna listen, I'm here. Dan, Danny. Send, listen, send me your bio and send me two photos, and we're gonna put you on in June, okay? Coming up next month, because I have May booked, so in June, we'll put you on. Send it all to me, send it to me at pauseiamradio at yahoo.com, and I will hook you up, contact you, and we'll set up a date, and um, we'll set that all up for you, because I'm excited to have you that come back on. Awesome. Oh, me too. Right, so much Danny, is I look forward to that. All right, cool, talk to you later. Bye, guys. All right, thanks, Danny. And uh, just yeah. a reminder, if you're on hold and you'd like to speak to us, um, Press the one button, and you'll go into our uh, listener's queue so we know that you want to come on air. So we'll have uh, Danny on in a future show. I'm excited that Danny called in every week and tuned in. Uh, we love him. So uh, to go back to the scoop a little bit, what did you think of Josh's scoop this week? Well, you know, anytime I get to hear about Charlie Sheen, I uh, love Charlie Sheen. So uh, I know some people don't. Um, you know, HIV-related dementia is a really big deal, and so we we don't fully understand yet, um, you know, what is natural aging, what is as a result progression, and what's a combination of both, right? And so, um, especially for our long-term survivors, that can be a real challenge uh, if they've been on medication for a really long time and they're getting older. Um, It's not you know, these are the same kind of dementia symptoms that you would see from a person that has dementia. So it's just, it's as a result of HIV. Uh, and so that's exciting to hear that they have some uh, medication that's promising. I have not seen the data, so I do not know. You know, I want to have Charlie Sheen come on the show so bad. I'm going to send him a tweet. And I think anybody listening should send him a tweet to come on. I just would love to sit down with him and, and hear what it was like for him to go through that and, and to be in the public eye like he was. I mean, he was out there when it happened, you know, but he seems like he brought himself back around. And 
from what I, I think I read an article over the weekend saying something that he was actually thankful for, you know, having a new life, he, like starting over or something. I think that's what I read. Mm-hmm. So he'd be exciting to have on, I think. I think we can definitely get him on. Yeah, I think we're going to start a little uh, Twitter uh, Twitter campaign to get him on the show. So I see our guest, uh, today's guest is sitting on the phone line. So let's go ahead and bring uh, uh, Michael Howard on to the air. Michael, you're on the air with us. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We are well. Hello. <laughs> hey, sorry. I think, I think the speakerphone thing throws things off. So, um so yeah, welcome. Yeah, probably. Happy Sunday. <laughs> yes, happy Sunday. So how have you been, Michael? I, I know thinking, like you've been. You, nope. The last. Okay, good, Michael. Good. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, I was just kind of relating a lot with, um, with both of what you guys were both saying a little bit earlier. Um, in regards to one, um, with Aaron being in school because I'm in school as well. <laughs> And also um, the whole YouTube thing and doing more videos because it's like one more outlet that I feel like, gosh, I can't do that. Everybody else is doing it. So it's just kind of uh, hit a little point with me today. There was an interesting thing that I thought. Go ahead, Aaron. Just say, do your own content. Like, do your content. Put it out there and see what the YouTube fans kind of like. Um, you're going to have your following. You're going to have your viewers. And uh, we heard a really great statistic at uh, the Healthy Voices Conference that every uh, every hour, or was it every minute, there's like 100,000 minutes of uh, content that's being added to YouTube. So of all those millions of users and subscribers, you're going to have content that fits home to them. Um, and, and so I would encourage you put put content out there into the universe and you know see what see what comes back to you. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. You know, and the other thing that I was thinking is, you know, we all have we're all in different areas, you know, and we all have different I don't want to call them fans, but different followers, people who you know may pay attention to our videos. So we have we have different audience. That's I guess that's the word I want to use. We all have a different audience. So Bill, I may make a. Uh, a video that's on HIV criminalization, and so may Aaron, and so may you. We're all going to hit different people. We may overlap at some point, but there are we have different reaches. So I think that's why it's important that we all do it. Listen to me. I'm talking to myself. This is why I need to start doing videos. <laughs> I just talk myself <laughs> into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Michael, the last time that you were on the show was in 2010. So it's been seven yeah. years since you've been on the show. And I remember that the last time you were going as Michael Lee Howard, and now you are married. So yes, I didn't actually yes. <laughs> know exactly how to pronounce your last name. So I just wanted you to say your full name so people know exactly who it is. Because your last name, I wasn't sure when your hyphenated name. I didn't know how yeah. exactly how to pronounce that. Yeah, so it's Michael Lee Howard Mayhew. There you go. And people can find you. Do you still have your blog? I do. So I actually have two blogs I write now, which is actually kind of the outlet that I use for reaching out to people. So I have one blog that's called The A to Z of Michael Lee Howard. Um, and that is, blog is kind of my way of kind of sharing my story. And like each blog entry that I do is based on, of course, a letter of the alphabet. And so it's kind of like, here's the next one I'm doing is um, the letter S on spirituality. And, and then I'm also just started just recently writing um, a horror movie blog because 
I'm just a horror movie fanatic, so. <laughs> What's you know, there's a horror movie. I could do that. I could write a blog on a horror movie. Yeah, right. Um, horror movie blogs. Um, I actually was inspired by a podcast called Horror Movie Podcast, and I'm just like, gosh, these people have so much to say. I have something to say about horror movies too, and so. I've done just a couple entries, but I'm going to be trying to make that. You know, it's I'm going to be called Horror Movie Blog Weekly, and so I'll be writing um, about a horror movie once a week. So between those two blogs, I stay pretty busy, as well as all my work and everything else I have going on. So, so what is your favorite horror movie? Since you are a buff, what is your favorite? It would have to be The Descent. I'd have to say it's one of those few movies that, yeah, it's one of those few movies that I can turn a light off and no matter how many times I've seen it, just be scared senseless. Um, Classic wise though, it would have to definitely be Nightmare on Elm Street. The first one? The very first one. Yeah. For all of them. Yeah. Who was in that one? Wasn't that, was that Kevin Bacon in that one? Who was in that one? No, Johnny Depp. That That's was who it was. Johnny Depp, and yeah, it was like his very first role, and he ended up getting killed in one of the coolest ways of any movie character being killed. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me, let, let's go back for somebody who may not have listened to the previous interview because it was seven years ago. Uh, tell us a little yeah. bit about what it was like when you were diagnosed, um, you know, when, when you were told, what made you get tested, things of that nature. Yeah, so um, I actually had, um, this was way back in 2005, which doesn't seem like way back now, but it was a way back time ago for me. Um, And I had actually been really extremely sick, and the doctors couldn't figure out what it was that I was so sick with, and I ended up going in for my routine HIV test and was diagnosed um, right there with a rapid test. So 20 minutes in, um, we got the diagnosis that um, I came up HIV positive. Um, at the time, I didn't really have any friends or support. And so um, it was quite a shocker for me because I was the like first in my group to be positive. Um, and even though we were all quite activists, I still knew nothing about it. <clears throat> so um, I ended up getting super extremely sick and ended up um, having like a viral load of 220 and, um, excuse me, um, CD4 of 220 and a viral load of, it was like 106 million. So I was extremely sick. And um, at the time that I was going through all this, lost a lot of friends um, just because they couldn't deal with me being HIV positive. And um, I had gotten it from somebody who had lied to me. So I kind of lost that connection. And um, so I just kind of pushed myself forward and due to a really amazing friend of mine pushed me into doing some more activist type work around HIV and um, ended up facilitating a newly diagnosed HIV support group in Seattle. Um, And then from there, I decided I wanted to do more. And I ended up moving to Portland, Oregon. And then I started volunteering as an HIV volunteer tester and through that process, I got a great couple of great opportunities to be part of the relaunch of the Elizabeth Taylor H Foundation, as well as doing the CNN article about HIV and tattoos. And then from there, I now actually I got hired on at the place I was volunteering at, and I now work for Cascade AIDS Project and help open the 
very first LGBTQ health center um, in all of Oregon. We just actually saw our first patient two days ago. And um, I also help run the um, HIV STI testing program at Cascadia's Project. That is awesome. Um, so busy man, and <laughs> I, I think it's interesting, you know, you're doing two blogs and then talking about it on the desire to do more. Um, when yeah. You're all just doing like so much. You, you mentioned at the top of the interview that you um, are currently in school. What are you currently in school for? So I'm going to school for um, an associate of business management. So I figure like it'll figure into my career. I was kind of fortunate. My husband's work actually um, through his union gave um, gives all of their employees um, through this online schooling. You can go to school for free. And this was the only one that caught my eye. So I don't know, maybe in the future I'll be opening up my own HIV day center or something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. The uh, I, I'm really intrigued by this concept of the the LGBT uh, clinics and centers, um, and then also you being with Cascade. Um, you know, one of the things that we hear nationwide is that there is, you know, people who are newly diagnosed or think they might be diagnosed walking into centers where they're not people living with those shared experience. Can you kind of talk about like how important that was? I mean, you're obviously are, are living your truth and, and do people, do you think appreciate that, that you come in contact with on a daily basis? Um, I think so. Um, you know, it's, it's a unique experience to be um, in an organization where like somebody will get an HIV diagnosis and we have, such an interesting and robust program where um, at Cascadia's project because we actually are able to take somebody who's newly diagnosed and fortunately having people who are there that are HIV positive to be able to say like, hey, you may feel right now like you're in your worst spot, but I've been there. And being able to then from there, we actually have programs set up where once somebody has a diagnosis, we bring them back into our office and as I tell all of our, anybody who's had a new diagnosis, like you're stuck with us now, like you're, you're not going anywhere. And being able to, we have programs where um, we get people involved with, um, we have what we call our care link navigators and they basically create the linkage to care, which could include, you know, let's get you in for drug treatment or let's get you on housing. Let's get you you know, what, you know, medical, anything you need, let's get you on meds. Um, if you have a partner, let's get them on prep, you know, let's get all. And we, we basically have people that right down the line can get all that put together. And then on top of that, we also have programs that have, um, that basically, um, it's, it's like teaching you to be your best self. And it's pretty interesting to me because we have a lot of newly diagnosed people that come in. And one of the questions involved in that program is, What's your ideal self? And most people go, no, no one's ever asked me that before. I don't know. And we've seen people whose lives have completely changed just due to being able to have that support and having that ability to kind of connect where before they thought, I'm really, I was really scared and really alone. And being able to watch that, that path. I've seen stories that completely changed my life, whether they be, you know, a woman who's diagnosed and she's pregnant and freaking out, like, what does this mean for my child? 
to, I just came in to see a random test to be on prep and now I'm positive. So, so I, I think that kind of answered the question. No, it absolutely does. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, Michael, to, to, uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, we actually spoke with, um, a, a familiar face to you, Andrew Shade, who also works at, uh, the Cascade AIDS project. What is it like working with him? Have yeah. you worked any of the events that he's done fundraisers with or? Yeah, I've actually, I'm not, I'm really cool. I've got to know Andrew over the years because he being the volunteer person and I used to volunteer a lot more. It's just harder now that I work there, <laughs> but, um, it's it's really nice to have somebody like Andrew who he just has an energy for things. You know, he has this desire and it shows. It it, it definitely um you feel it. Like when he gets going to an event, uh, just to give an example, we just had um our our art auction. We have a yearly art auction and we were able to raise six hundred and fifty thousand dollars on that. And so, you know, Andrew was a big part of that. And then of course we have, you know, our monthly all staff and the first thing here we just got done with that on Sunday and Andrew's like, Hey everybody, guess what's coming up? AIDS walks going up in September. And you're just like, how can you not feel that like <laughs> awesome energy? You know, the moment that happens and it's like having your own cheerleader on your staff, you know, at all times. And, and of course, you know, he likes the comic book stuff and I do too. So that is always a nice perk. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I thought of that actually when you were telling me that you were a horror fan, and then thinking about the comic books that um, you know that he he publishes. But uh, yeah, he's an awesome guy. You can tell in his by his photos that he has that personality that kind of really, you know, kind of like you, what you say, kind of almost like a cheerleader, somebody who is always in a good mood, happy and positive. So um, yeah, so his his interviews uh, in the archives, if people want to check that out, there on uh, Blog Talk Radio. But um, so. To, to move a little bit back to your personal story a bit, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like um, kind of disclosing to people um, once you were diagnosed, like how that was for you the first time? Like basically, who was the first person yeah. that you told? Um, the very first person that I told was um, a, a former um, former roommate and one of my best friends at the time. Um, he, I ended up um, calling him and he lived quite a while away and he's just like not a while but it was like a probably 45 minute drive to get to me and um he's just like whatever you do sit down stay where you are we're gonna get this figured out and um it was really nice to have him for that support um then i started slowly kind of talking to people around me um I had a really the hardest person of course to tell was probably my mom um but when i started to tell people um, I, at the time, probably had a more, um, my friends more were like straight people, straight identified people, and they really didn't understand it. They really kind of, as I was, or like, um, as I was kind of you know, divulging information, it kind of turned into like, I'm not sure I understand this. And I ended up feeling at the time, like I was supporting them more, which led me to that point of like having like um, less less support at the time and then I ended up um, about a month and a half later calling my mom letting her know like hey mom I got this thing to tell you don't worry I'm not dying and when I told her um, it actually over the years has helped her and I become like very very close um, anybody who knows like is on my Facebook I mean my mom and I um, just went on vacation with my husband's mom as well and 
it's like created a bond. Um, I think what really helped me though was really doing that newly diagnosed support group because I learned skills of like how to talk to people. Dating was very hard because I wasn't sure how much to divulge. And then once I kind of got the flow, then it became a little easier. But because the person that gave it to me was not truthful, I've kind of made it my thing of like, I'm always just going to put it out there. Sometimes that's been tricky because some people are freaked out by it. But it's also, if you know, they don't understand it. I've tried to use it as like an educational tool, you know. So one of the things that I, I remember uh, from your past interview is that you were featured on CNN uh, when they did a, mm-hmm. a piece on HIV and tattoos. Um, tell us a little bit about your tattoo and why you got it and, and kind of what it represents and then what it was like to be on that show. Yeah, so um, so I have um, a couple different ones. Um, I have one which is um, my, an, an, H, an age-driven, and it's got my diagnosis date. And then I also have um, a tattoo of the biohazard symbol on my wrist. Um, it was part of, for me, my acceptance um, of my status because it was so hard for me to just deal with the first year or two. Um, then on the other side of my wrist, I have um, a radiation symbol. And that's just, for me, it was because of that superhero comic book thing. Um, one was like, here's my acceptance of my status. And then since a lot of superheroes, once they're radiated, they kind of have like, they're born anew. That's kind of what my other tattoo was. And the CNN thing was really interesting because when I was approached, it was going to be like 12 people talking about, I think it was actually Mark King that actually posted about it. And there's going to be like 12 people and they're going to interview all these different people. And then they ended up showing up here to Portland and then all the other people had like ditched out and there nobody else really participated and so i spent two days having um a cnn crew following me around portland taking pictures and video and when it came, when it had actually come out it was by the way i apologize for the noise in the background my puppy is wrestling with my other dog so um <laughs> but um once the video had come out, I was told, like, it's going to be on this little page on CNN. And it ended up actually being on the local news here. And people were like, hey, I saw your article. I didn't know anything about that. Tell me more. So it was it was definitely an experience that um, I don't regret. It was hard because my husband wasn't really out about his HIV status with his family. And um, they actually had seen the article on the news. And he ended up having to kind of... De- um, you know, disclose that to them. It ended up working out good in the end, but at first it was really hard because I felt real guilty, but he understood like this is something I did and he supported me. And now it's kind of, of course, take that's, you know, been so long ago, but it was really a learning experience to me about also like boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) I can get a hard lesson for, I think all of us probably have similar stories about how our activism or advocacy has, you know, impacted the individuals we're with, whether it's husbands, wives, uh, children, whatever that may look like. Can you speak a little bit about, you know, the, the, we know right now that the rates of new infection between the ages of 13 and 24 African-American Latinos are the highest. Can you talk a little bit about who are you seeing coming in that's being diagnosed 
Um, and what does that look like? You know, has that changed over, you know, since you were first diagnosed? Um, can you just talk about that for a few minutes? Absolutely. So um, that's part of, I think, um, as we're doing more, as we're doing testing, we're starting to do more outreach testing. Um, one of um, the target groups, of course, is more youth, which has been, you know, we are actually going and hitting more colleges. Um, we do, we try to reach out to some of the youth groups and the GSAs. And I think um, it's more, it's really interesting to me because for me, I remember being really terrified of like, what is this thing called HIV slash AIDS out there? What I'm seeing more of now is um, people who, um, younger people coming in saying, well, I need to get tested, but I don't know what this means. I don't know much about HIV. Can you tell me about it? And so it's, it's been an interesting thing to me because, of course, for a lot of us, we grew up knowing, you know, what took place in the 80s and the 90s. And I think it's real important for us to also talk to youth about that, and also, but also in the same time, not making it a fear tactic. I think sometimes I've seen it happen, especially when I was younger, like, you're going to get AIDS and die, and, or you don't even know what I went through. And I'm like, well, yeah, now I know, but I also feel it's real important that we don't make people afraid. Like, I try to make HIV testing fun, even though it doesn't sound like it's something that could be fun, but, you know, be like, hey, you're coming in. So exciting. You're taking care of your health. This is awesome. What can we do for you? Um, teaching youth about PrEP, um, teaching youth about how they can take care of their health. Um, I've been fortunate to work with one of our local organizations, um, the Sexual, I always forget the Sexual Minority Youth Resource Center, or SMERC, and sitting down and we would have little like gab sessions with them and being able to tell them like, you know, it's okay if you go to the doctor and you feel they're not doing something right, if you say you want to be on PrEP and they say you should just use condoms, tell them that you don't feel that that's correct. Tell them that it's okay to you, for you to have a different opinion and to figure out what your resources are. And so we provide those resources. And definitely, I think I'm seeing more and more like 17, 18, 16-year-olds coming in and getting tested more than I've ever seen before. But they're coming in groups. They're coming together, and I think that that's what's really exciting. That's awesome. I think we're going to open up the lines, and uh, if you would like to be on air, be sure to press 1 when you dial in, 929-477-3572. Uh, Robert, do we have any callers right now? Um, I see people on hold, but nobody has pressed 1 to come on yet. Come on, people. Come on, people. Just press the one. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, so be sure to press one. We'll get them on uh, air. That's really fascinating. The the um, We know that the changing demographics. I'm also fascinated about support groups. I know when I was diagnosed uh, in 2011, I, our local ASO, um, and if you're not familiar with ASO, that's aid service organization here in St. Louis, um, actually offered the LIFE program, which was through, or still is, through uh, Shanty out in San Francisco. Uh, and it was a 12-week class. And I kind of, it really teaches you how to, if you're in unhealthy practices, to move towards more healthy practices um, without 
condemning or judging any kind of behavior. Um, are people still engaging in support groups like they were when you were first diagnosed? Truthfully, I don't feel they are. I feel like um, a lot of people are getting their information online, and I think there's like I, I've been really trying. This is like one of probably my personal biggest struggles is because when people do talk to me and ask me like, "What's a good support group?" and I'm like, I don't know because in Portland at least we don't actually really have like I like like what I had in Seattle with the newly diagnosed support group, and from what I hear that like you know become defunct, and I think. I'm wondering how like are people just going online? Are they feeling like they can actually talk to their friends and have support? I'm just it's it, that's the one part um, with our health center opening up. It's something that that, that conversation's been a, approached, but it really it is one of those that is one of the same questions that I've had. It's like where are you finding your support? Like, but we don't always get the chance to talk to people. You know after they're into the system and they start getting through and they're, you know, doing their thing, they usually just kind of start going. And then I think they just kind of move into life. And I do wonder like, where is the support groups? Cause you're right. When I mean, I had a, an amazing support group that changed my life and I don't know where those are at anymore. You know, that's, it's interesting that you say that. And I and other advocates have talked about this. Um, and I, I'm very critical of it. I think that over the years, we've done a really great job, um, and a lot of people now will compare HIV to a chronic health condition like that of diabetes or, or other health issues. And while I understand, the, I understand the analogy and trying to make those connections and that this is something very livable, we should have to take our medications, um, what you were speaking about when you shared your story Robert, I know you, we all do. We all have our own, you know, what it was like when we first were diagnosed. That mental piece of processing it and unpacking it and, and what do we do with that, um, I think we're, we're actually doing a disservice in the communities. I hear time and time and time again people get diagnosed and then, like you said, they're expected to just kind of resume their life but they're, they're really not seeking support. Exactly. And I think that's like the one, the, you know, it's, it's very minor, but like with one program, I know that we have, you know, a Cascades project with the, the what's your ideal self It's close. But the thing is that that's only like a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, let's, let's, you, let's figure out what you can do, you know, but it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be sitting in a room with people, but, Sometimes it's just like I have met so many amazing people in my life because of those kind of groups or even from, you know, the pause I am website when people would get in there and kind of chat and see, you know, talk about meds, talk about side effects. And now I think it's just like I see people on Facebook that post those things. But then there's, I'm sure, a whole entire group of people that are just like, I don't want to put this on Facebook. <laughs> I don't I don't know where, where to go. And. I don't know if it's funding. I don't know if it's just time and energy, but yeah, I do believe, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think we're doing a disservice by not having those resources available. And I think, I think, you know, this is Robert. I think it's important to have those people who are delivering the news, whether you're at a testing center or, you know, somewhere on the spot doing testing 
um, who is HIV positive, who can give that support and share their experience. Um, I know in my case, it's, you know, been something I've been looking for is a job to get involved in the HIV field and being there to support people who are newly diagnosed at the moment when they're diagnosed. For me, it was just, oh, you're diagnosed, here's some pamphlets, good luck. You know what I mean? Like there was mm-hmm. nobody reaching out. And for, I just, I'm the type of person, and not everybody's like this who's diagnosed. They, I needed that that human factor to know that I was going to be okay, where other people may not be like that, you know? And today, kids nowadays, they may not, you know, people who are getting diagnosed, not necessarily kids, I just mean newly diagnosed people, you know, they may not necessarily want that support because one prep is going on, you know, you equals you, these people have in their heads that it's not a thing that they need to worry about anymore. People aren't dying, so Mm -hmm. they may not be looking for that support. But I 100% agree with both of you that support groups are, very helpful. The one that I went to here, Affiliate Mazzoni, has sold it since then. But I know just connecting with other people in your area who have HIV or going through, you know, issues and can share stories and you can meet up with coffee when you're having a bad day. And making those simple connections, they're kind of what changes your life, the little conversation mm-hmm. for me. Absolutely. I mean, I know they have one here in Philly. There's uh, not a great support group that you can go and meet, but there's a, a Facebook group, Impact Impact Philly, here that my friend uh, James Brenning, who was on the show a few months ago, um, he actually runs it here in Philly. So if you're local in Philly and want to get connected with guys, you know, who are positive, I can add you to that group. Just find me on Facebook and ask me. Um, you know, I don't know if there's ones in your area that you guys want to share, but I know that's one that people can find on Facebook for, you know, locally in Philly. Yeah, in Portland, I'm not aware of any, and I because I get asked this a lot, and I, I Google and try to figure out like, is there any secret groups meeting or anything? And unfortunately, <laughs> in in Portland, we don't have anything like that. What about in St. Louis? You know, St. Louis is kind of the same way. I had started a group of, about a year and a half ago called the Red Ribbon Society. Uh, and it was specifically for individuals who were dealing with substance use, because we know that substance use, there's a high prevalence with individuals who are newly diagnosed, um, just because coping skills, you know, sometimes it can be a lot, right? And, um, you know, we just didn't have a lot of people that came out. And I, it's the same thing that we're talking about, whether it be people didn't need it or I, I'm I don't. I don't know. I think it's a phenomenon that that no one really has the answer for. Um, but no, here in St. Louis, we don't really have any uh, support groups that I know of. Yeah, the one that's here in Philly is not necessarily like a support group, but it's just like a group where they do like monthly events where they might go out to eat here, you know, go out to lunch one day, or they might go bowling one, you know, one Sunday, or you know, go to the art museum. They just plan events, and and James is really good at keeping everybody involved and, and doing different things. I mean, they go painting and things like that. So it's kind of cool. I mean, if, if I had the time, I oh, would definitely be more involved. I have to say, yes, we do have, I know there's a meetup group um, for that type of thing. I was just in my brain thinking more of a different type of support, but you're right. Yeah, we do have, there is a meetup group. Um, but once again, it's one of those ones. It's like there's three or four people active and nobody really knew is joining and doing things. And I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick, I want to um, 
go ahead and play one of our uh, Rise Up to HIV uh, positive message campaign. So let's go ahead and move play one of that. We'll be right back with uh, Michael. Hi, my name is Bruce. I'm from Brooklyn. I was diagnosed with HIV in 2003, and I became undetectable in 2010. My positive message is that this is an incredibly exciting time to be living with HIV because we know now that we have treatment that not only protects us, protects our health and, and enables us to live long, healthy lives, but it, it protects our partners from getting HIV. We cannot transmit HIV when we're undetectable. Um, so I guess the message is, is if you're considering treatment or you're on treatment, please understand that if you take your meds and stay undetectable, you won't transmit HIV, you'll stay uninfectious. It's very exciting, we can have sex and intimacy and, and babies with our partners without fear, without shame, and without stigma. Hi, my name is Mara Mapala, and I've lived with HIV for 24 years now. Um, I was a young girl when I was diagnosed, and back in those days it was a death sentence, and I was told I couldn't have children, I couldn't, I wasn't going to live long, and basically told to just give up and um, stop living. And well, since then, I've definitely kept living. I've had two children. I'm very happy. I'm an HIV global advocate and activist, and I've found that living positive is probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. It's given me experiences I never would have imagined. And I've been able to travel the world, and I've been able to support amazing other people living with HIV. So thank you. Thank you for letting me say this, and thank you for letting me share that HIV is not a death sentence anymore and that we can be happy. All right, we're back. And just to remind everybody, if you've not done your, um, be sure to go over and check out <laughs> HIV. Um, uh, you know, film your one minute, one to two minute um, positive message. And uh, that's really awesome um, to get different perspectives from around the world. What would you say is, um, you know, you have, let's say, a, a newly diagnosed person that you are meeting with. Um, what is your message to them as you're, as you're sitting in front of them and, and you're kind of imparting your wisdom? What, what does that look like? I think for me, just because I, of course, am also that, that Pisces, like, oh, it's going to be okay. Um, I kind of go with that message. I kind of say, listen, here's the thing. You know, like, I, I try to explain what happened in my journey, but in a nutshell, and be like, you know, I thought my life was over. And, but I, because of HIV, I've been able to meet new people and create an entire new career for my life. I met my husband because of it. I my life would just basically began because of HIV and as much as it sucks, it, it's, it could be something that really keeps you healthy and in a better spot going forward. Especially when I'm seeing people who, you know, the, the sad part is I've seen too many people that come in and they're like, I've, you know, I've just gotten sober and I'm just coming in because I have not gotten a test in a long time. And unfortunately, I've seen that happen more often than not. Or I'm here because I'm trying to take care of my health. And then this is, you know, a way to say, you know, it's, it's a crappy lesson, but now you'll be able to kind of keep track of your life and be in a better place. And I try to just push that message on. I don't want to get too, you know, it gets better, but 
in some cases, it's like it, your life is going to be okay. It's not the end of something. That is so true. Um, man, I tell you what, you should have a really amazing story and, and outlook. If people are listening to this and want to uh, get in touch with you, um, what? how would they do that? And then tell them a little bit about where they can find your blogs and other uh, stuff that you put out in the blogosphere. Yeah, absolutely. So um, to, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, I just have – so on Facebook, I have my um, blog page. It's the um, – I think it, I just changed it. So I think it's the blogs of Michael Lee Howard. So that is one route to get a hold of me. You can also get a hold of me, of course, through Cascade AIDS Project. Um, and um, my email over there, which I'm happy to give out, um, it's actually Michael or mhoward at cascadeaids.org. And um, so I'm always available that way. Um, you can find me, of course, I'm Michael Lee Howard on Instagram. And um, I, I'm pretty... I'm pretty out there, so definitely if you feel like you want to connect with me, just reach out. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing uh, your update with Robert and I. We look forward to checking back in with you, um, you know, in the next little bit, and uh, just keep keep doing you. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being available and creating the support system that you do. It's It's definitely needed, and... Um, you know, I listen every week and just really enjoy everybody's stories and what you guys do for us all. There you go. And you can find out uh, Michael Lee Howard everywhere on social media. We'll share it on all our links so you can find him there. Aaron, what another great show. Another amazing guy. Yeah, really great show. Really, uh, really fascinated by him. Um, so next week we have an amazing uh, guest. I actually, what I planned on doing with the rest of May um, because, you know, we were away at the conference. So I had, you know, all the way up until Michael scheduled. And then over this weekend I was scheduling people. And what I want to do is I want to bring other amazing people who host podcasts, you know, who, you know, touch on HIV-related subjects. So next week we're going to have our Mother's Day special show with uh, Positively D. She will be on. She also has a, a uh, podcast on Blog Talk Radio USA. Um, so she's going to come on and share her story and talk about what she does. And then after that, we're going to speak with Daniel Garza, and he will be talking about his podcast that he does down. Um, he does in Laguna Beach. Um, and then I'm also reaching out. I'm not confirmed yet, but almost confirmed for Dorian Alexander Gray, who also does a podcast HIV related out of uh, Louisiana. So I want to. Bring some people who enjoy podcasts and our podcast, some other amazing people who are doing the same things that we do that are, you know, sharing stories and, and having a, a serious discussion about HIV. So I'm excited for the month of May. And it's my birthday coming up soon. Well, happy birthday month. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get a whole month. That's right. So, Aaron, people can find you across all networks under? By going to Aaron Laxon. You can just Google me. Hello. Right? Hello, people. Find him. (laughs) Um, Look for him on YouTube. That's where the new stuff's coming. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so they can find you there. More information on me and the radio show, go to PauseIamRadio.com. Follow PauseIamRadio across everywhere. Um, Aaron, have a great week. Good luck with your finals. And I hope to hear next week that you have passed.
Definitely. I will talk to you next week. All right, brother. Have a good night. You too. Thank you for joining us for Paz IM. You can listen to us each and every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we bring you your weekly dose of hope. Join in the conversation on social media, Paz IM Radio and at Aaron Laxton. And while you're on there, check out I'm Still Josh as he brings the HIV scoop of the week. Also, if you've not checked out the positive message campaign from Rise Up to HIV, be sure to do so. For all of you who contribute and make this show possible, thank you so very much. If you think you have a story that needs to be covered or you would like to come on air and talk to Robert and myself, please let us know. We want to bring content that you need and that you want. Be sure to download this episode on iTunes and past episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. From all of us over here at Paz IM Radio, from Robert Brining and myself, have a safe and healthy week. And until we speak again, stay positive.